The Productive Woman, Episode 109. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me for this episode. We're going to be talking about a process for taking control and getting back on track when stress is shutting down your ability to get things done. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 109. Check it out there. Before we get started, I wanted to mention real quick for those of you who have kids at home, a resource that you might be interested in. Somebody reached out to me in the last week or so to tell me about this, and I really thought it was kind of cool and that you might be interested in hearing about it. So have you heard of the Mom Conference? This is a huge online event for moms featuring 20 great speakers who will be addressing everything from managing our kids' screen time and phone use to teaching kids how to cook and eat healthy foods to talking to kids about sex, to taking better care of ourselves so we can be the moms we really want to be. So there are tons of topics that they're going to be covering at this event uh, about kids, about parenting, strengthening your marriage, getting your house in order, all those sorts of things. This is an online conference that will take place October 11, 12, and 13, and it's completely free to participate in this online. If you go to theproductivewoman.com slash momconference, and that's all one word, you can find out more and get yourself registered to participate in this online conference absolutely free. And they'll even give you a couple of free gifts just for signing up. So you'll want to check that out. It's free to participate, to watch it live on those dates, uh, the 11th, 12th, and 13th. And if you go to theproductivewoman.com slash momconference, you'll see who's speaking and what the schedule is and those sorts of things. If you're tied up during that period of time, they are also going to make the recordings of the conference available, and there's a price uh, to purchase that, and you'll get all the information there. But you can watch the conference for free, and just looking at it, if you've got kids at home and you're you know, trying to be a good mom, uh, you'll probably find a lot of resources there. So to find out more or to sign up, again, visit theproductivewoman.com slash mom conference. And just as a side note, that link is an affiliate link. As I said, the conference is free to watch online and really worthwhile. But if you decide to purchase the recording so you can watch it again on your own schedule, and if you do it using that link, I'll get a small commission, but there's no extra charge for you. Definitely worth looking at. So let's get into the topic for this week's episode. Uh, This really came out of an experience that I was having at the office in the past week or so. I had too much to do, uh, both at work and various other things going on in life. And really, I was starting to feel overwhelmed and pretty stressed out. And so it really had an impact on me as stress does. Mentally, I felt distracted and unfocused, and my mind was just jumping from one thing to the next, 
physically it was impacting me. I, I was tense and tight. My shoulders ached because I had them up around my ears most of the time. I was kind of headachy, having a hard time eating, uh, just all those impacts of stress. And ultimately what I was experiencing as a result of all of this is I was having a hard time getting started on projects that I needed to work on, having a hard time focusing on them, couldn't get the necessary things done that I needed to do. And so what I did, and I'm going to share the process I went through to deal with that. It's something I kind of jokingly call my emergency stress protocol. But first, I want to talk a little bit about why it matters to have a strategy in place to deal with situations like this, Um, what stress is and how it can impact our ability to be productive. So as usual, of course, because I'm a lawyer and a writer and words matter, I go to the dictionary to look at stress. And the dictionary that I looked at defines stress as a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. And some of the synonyms that the dictionary gave were strain, pressure, nervous tension, worry, anxiety, trouble, and difficulty. We often experience those. We all in 21st century life experience the effects of stress or the stress response. The term stress as used in this context as applied to human beings was coined according to some articles I read back in 1936, and it was defined at that time as the nonspecific response of the body to any demand for change. And I thought that was really interesting because um, it's any demand for change, positive, negative, any of the above. But the important thing to understand is that the stress isn't the thing that's happening. It's your body's response to what's happening. And I want to stress that it's the body's response. We think of it often in terms of mental stress, but it is primarily a physical response. It's part of the way our bodies were designed as a survival mechanism. Our physiology, our bodies are designed to favor the known, the familiar, to favor sameness, to uh, defer, to look for sameness, because that's where safety and security is, you know, over historical development of human beings, the unknown, the unfamiliar was usually dangerous. And so because that's how our bodies were designed, how they have developed, any demand or any change the body perceives as a threat. And that threat triggers just automatically what we know as the fight or flight response. And it literally is a physiological response. Our body releases a mixture of hormones and chemicals like adrenaline, cortisol, and norepinephrine, which are designed to prepare the body to act. It does very specific physical things. It diverts the blood to our big muscles, the ones we need to run. It shuts down unnecessary, and I'm, you know, using air quotes there, body functions like digestion. It causes our heart to beat faster, our muscles to tense up, and our breathing to speed up. These are all physical reactions that are designed to prepare our body to run or to fight to defend itself. And they're all very good when you're truly threatened. They make you stronger, faster, quicker to react. This is your body's way of protecting you from danger. And it literally can save our life when we're in physical danger. This fight or flight response, this 
instinctive physiological reaction to change to those demands are why you read about things like a person being able to lift a car off of a loved one or or why we can react so quickly, even automatically, to, say, slam on the brakes when a child runs in front of our car. It happens almost before we can even process what the threat is. Our body takes over, and it happens automatically and instantaneously as our reflexes just take over. Well, the problem for us in the 21st century is that our bodies, which are so well designed to protect us from danger, can't distinguish between the threat of a tiger about to pounce on us and the threat of a flight delay on a business trip or of an argument with a, a friend. The same physical reactions occur in those threats or those changes, but since there is no reason or opportunity to burn it off by fighting or fleeing, There's nowhere for all that excess energy to go, and it creates physical consequences to our body. You know, I should say it was interesting to read that the articles talk about, really, we think of the fight or flight response, but it's actually fight, flight, or freeze, that our bodies first are designed to prepare for action, to run or to fight, to defend ourselves when something like that happens. But if that's not possible or uh, it's ineffective, then the freeze response takes over and our body kind of starts to shut down. One article talked about that's why somebody in extreme danger uh, may actually go unconscious, uh, which allows the human being to survive just extraordinary amounts of pain. So that's kind of the freeze part of it. It might be something as simple as shallow breathing. Certain body functions start to slow down or shut down as part of this stress response. When this happens very often, when our bodies and our minds are assaulted by a continuing stream of demands or changes or stressors, it begins to affect our bodies and our minds in very predictable and very destructive ways. Chronic stress has physiological and psychological impact on us. One article that I read, and this is from the National Institute of Mental Health website, and I'll have links for all of these things in the show notes. This one article says, with chronic stress, those same nerve chemicals that are life-saving in short bursts can suppress functions that aren't needed for immediate survival. So your immunity is lowered and your digestive, excretory, and reproductive systems stop working normally. Once the threat has passed, other body systems act to restore normal functioning. But problems occur if the stress response goes on too long, such as when the source of stress is constant, or if the response continues after the danger has subsided. So it's important to understand that our bodies are designed to react in a certain way to demands or changes to protect us. But when that goes on and on and the sources of the reaction or the things that trigger that stress response are continual, they cause issues. Another article pointed out, and this is a really good article called Stress Symptoms, Causes, and Effects. It's on helpguide.org. I recommend that you read this. It was very interesting. But one of the things that article said is that chronic stress disrupts nearly every system in your body. It can shut down your immune system, 
upset your digestive and reproductive systems, raise blood pressure, increase the risk of heart attack and stroke, speed up the aging process, and leave you vulnerable to many mental and physical health problems. Everything from depression to weight problems to skin conditions, reproductive issues, heart disease, digestive problems, sleep problems, cognitive and memory problems. All of these things can be a result if your body is constantly in that state of stress response. Remember that that's a physical, physiological uh, reaction to change or extraordinary demands on our body. And so I do recommend checking out that article. Find the link in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 109. So what does this have to do with productivity? Because this is, you know, this podcast is called The Productive Woman. Well, most of us will seldom in our lives need to fight off or run from a physical threat to our safety. It doesn't happen to us very often. It does happen. And that fight or flight response is what strengthens us or makes us able to fight off an attacker, say, or something like that. Still, it very seldom happens to most of us. Yet the body still reacts to modern day threats the same way, whether it's the traffic jam when you're trying to get to an appointment or an argument with your spouse or multiple demands and noise and things coming at us, those threats are perceived the same way as if a, you know, a a pterodactyl was flying at us in the sky. The same flood of hormones, the same fight or flight response, all those same physiological biochemical processes occur. And in those cases, that self-defense mechanism can actually interfere physically with our ability to do the stuff we really need to do. Um, And again, the one article I mentioned before says the challenge is when our body goes into a state of stress in inappropriate situations, when blood flow is going only to the most important muscles needed to fight or flee, brain function is minimized. This can lead to an inability to think straight, a state that is a great hindrance in both our work and home lives. So when our body is in that stress response, the blood is flowing to our legs and our arms so that we can run or we can fight because our body doesn't know that that's not what's needed, but it takes it away from our ability to think well. Interesting, that stress response actually can be a good thing. It's what helps us be focused and on task when we're, say, giving a speech in front of a crowd or um, when we need to, say, one article talked about the need to study instead of watching TV when you've got a big exam coming up. All of those kinds of things trigger that same stress response, and it, in reasonable amounts, It can actually help us in that way. Increased stress in our bodies, that stress response can result in increased productivity up to a point. But all the studies are that after that peak, things go downhill pretty rapidly and the signals that the stress response is being harmful to us may be subtle and not noticed until it's too late. So saying all that, that's why it matters. That's why having a mechanism, a process in place to deal with stress is important because ultimately it not only impairs our ability to perform in a productive way, to think well, to stay focused and those sorts of things, but it's physically unhealthy for us. 
And all of that is from research that I did after I was thinking about talking about this because of the experience that I had this last week, finding myself distracted and unable to focus, not eating well, all the symptoms that I described at the beginning of this episode that I experienced, now having done this research, I realized that's exactly what I was dealing with. It was that stress response to uh, some pretty high demands on my time, energy, and attention over the last couple of weeks. So the research came later. When I was actually dealing with the effects of the stress response this week at the office, what did I do? I did, as I said, what I call kind of my emergency stress protocol. And these are the steps that I went through. This is what I do when I find myself in a situation like that. What I'm finding interesting now is that the science explains why this works for me, and maybe it'll work for you. So here's what you do. First step was to close the door. I have my own office, so I was able to close the door. Maybe you're going to need to go into a room somewhere, but somewhere where you can close the door, be alone. Then I sit, I close my eyes, and I just breathe for a minute, just taking deep breaths in and out, just for a minute to kind of calm myself down, get my heart rate down, all those sorts of things. Then the next step is to clear the decks, literally get everything off my desk except my computer, but all the files and papers that had accumulated, all the stuff that's there distracting me, uh, minimize all the app windows on my computer screens, just get the space around me as clear and uncluttered as possible. Then you get out one pad of paper and one pen. And I set a timer for 10 minutes. And I, you know, I use my phone. You can do it on my Apple Watch. You can do it on your computer or just an analog timer. And for that 10 minutes, I wrote down everything on my mind. And this is what you can do as well. Write down everything that's on your mind, every task that needs doing, every decision you're worrying about, every upcoming event you're not ready for, every conflict you don't know how to resolve, just everything that's on your mind, just write for 10 minutes without stopping. Don't censor yourself. Don't edit it. Don't try to organize it into categories of work or personal or family or whatever. Just write it all down. Just don't stop writing for 10 minutes as you just dump everything out of your head and onto this piece of paper. Then when the timer goes off, put down the pen, leave it there, put it in a drawer if you're worried somebody's going to come in and see it. Get up and go move. Go walk around the block. For me, our office has, you know, a hallway that kind of goes all the way around the floor. I just walk that loop. But walk around the room if you can't go somewhere else. Just walk, get up and move, and and move briskly. Don't stop. If you can, if you have time at this stage, go for a short run or get on the elliptical or the treadmill for 15 minutes. If it's possible in the situation you're in, sweat a little bit and get your heart rate up. But if you can't do that, just taking a quick walk down the hall and back or wherever you can. But the idea is just to move for 10 or 15 minutes. Then drink a glass of water. And then I sat down and I set the timer again and I added to the brain dump. If other things came to mind, because sometimes when you get up and you're moving around like that, you remember other things. The mind kind of goes where it goes. And so I came back, sat down, added more things to the list, whatever was on my mind. The idea is to get everything out onto that paper. Once I've done that, then I put the pen down, 
close my eyes and breathe for a minute. And again, during that time, I'm not trying to think of anything. I'm just focusing on breathing in deeply and breathing out, trying to relax my shoulders, whatever other body parts may be tense, but just just for 60 seconds. And then what I do and what I recommend, if you can at this point, is take that list and your pen and go somewhere else to sit and review that list. Change your location. You know, go to a conference room if you're at the office. Go to a different room in the house if you're at home. Go sit outside somewhere if you can. That would be excellent if it's possible. But just change your location and sit there with your list and your pen and read through the list. And the first time you read through is you're looking at each thing and thinking, what can I cross off this list? What doesn't need to be there? I don't need to do it. It doesn't need to be done. It doesn't need to be worried about whatever. What can you ask someone else to do? What can you pay someone else to do? Uh, You know, maybe one of the things on your list is the house is a disaster and we have company coming. Can you call someone to come and clean the house for you? You know, that's one example. What on the list, if you can't cross it off, you can't pay or ask someone else to do it, what can wait? If it's not urgent, okay, you've captured it, you've gotten it out of your head, you can look at it now, intentionally see it, and you can tell yourself, I am not procrastinating, I am choosing to do this later. So set that aside. If it can't be done where you are, say it's a personal thing that needs to be tended to, a discussion with your husband or whatever, but you're at the office, or it's a work thing, but you're at home, look at it, acknowledge it intentionally, and tell yourself, I am going to do this later at an appropriate time. Um, If you can, make a note beside those deferred items of what specific action you're going to take next when that appropriate time comes. So if one of the items on your list is you've got a conflict between you and a friend, what's the next step? Maybe you're going to call and schedule lunch to talk about it. Just make a note there. And now you've made a little bit of a decision about what your next step is, and you're not going to do it now. You've made a decision not to do it now. What can be done in just a minute or two or three? Once you've gone through this process, you've looked at it, you've taken some deep breaths, you've done all this, then pick one thing on the list that you can take action on in 15 minutes or less and just do it. And don't spend a lot of time analyzing which is most important, which is most urgent. Just pick one that can be done in a short period of time, do it, and then you can check that off the list. So that's the process that I do. And it's actually what I did at the office last week when I was feeling that overwhelm, that process of First, taking some breaths and relaxing my shoulders, clearing everything that's a distraction out of the way, taking that time to dump everything out of my head onto a piece of paper and then get up and move around, um, you know, relax a little bit that way, I guess. Going through that process helped me kind of get back on track and get rid of that panicky feeling of, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff I need to do and I'm not, I don't have enough time. I'm not going to get it all done. What are the benefits of this process? Well, this is what I think is interesting because like I said, this happened and then I went through the process and I thought, you know what, I'm going to talk about this because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only woman who has situations like this where that stress response kicks in. Once I'd kind of written out 
what had happened and the process I'd taken, I thought, I want to fill in a little bit about why it matters. And that's why I did the research on what stress is, what the stress response is, what the impacts are. And so what I find so interesting is this system that I developed before I had done that research I feel like it's kind of uh, affirmed by what the research says, what the benefits of the process. Well, the breathing helps calm us and focus us. And remember the freeze response or part of what happens in the fight, flight, or freeze response is your breathing becomes more shallow. And taking time, just a minute to stop and breathe, just think about the breath, breathe deeply and kind of reoxygenate yourself helps calm and focus us. The walking, the running, the physical activity of whatever kind you can do burns off some of that excess energy from the stress hormones, which will help minimize the physical impact of that flood of hormones and that energy and stuff. The writing it all down lets us process it, gets it out of our heads and lets our worrying brain relax because, you know, the brain can know it's all captured. It's not going to get forgotten. It's now, instead of this big amorphous, um, unquantifiable mess of crap that's coming at us, it's now quantified. It's on a piece of paper or two pieces or however many, but it's it's now got a shape around it and a limit to it. This is what's bothering me. All This right here, I can look at it, I can see it. And the decision-making of deciding to cross things off or hire help or make a decision about what the next step is on the things you're going to defer, that helps us regain a sense of control. And several of the resources I looked at spoke of the lack of control being the biggest cause of the threat that generates that stress response. So taking those steps deals with both the physical impact of the stress response, but also the psychological piece of it that reduces the threat. And it really did help me to get a handle on what was bothering me and what was distracting me. And I was able then to turn on one of the soundtracks from my Focus at Will app and get to work and get the things done that I needed to do. And the week ended much, much better than it started because of the ability to deal with it through the emergency stress protocol. So I hope that's helpful to you. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Have you experienced this? What do you do when you're feeling that sense of overwhelm that your fight or flight or freeze uh, response is kicking in and you're, you're feeling that panic and it's keeping you from getting stuff done? How do you deal with that? What, what techniques work for you? I'd love to hear from you on this. You can share your questions or your thoughts about this episode in the comments section at the show notes, which you'll find by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 109, or you can post a comment or a question about this on either the Facebook page or in the group, whatever way works for you. I'd love to have a conversation about this because I think we can help each other on this. If you would like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or I would love it if you would consider leaving a voice message on the website or the Facebook page. There's a button you can click to record a little message that will come to me and you know, let me know whether I can use your first name maybe and share your feedback. I'd love to be able to play that in an episode in the future and let people hear from you. 
Um, if you haven't already done so, I do invite you to please join me and the others in the new The Productive Woman Community Facebook group. It's relatively new. I think we've been going maybe about a month now. This is a private group on Facebook where we can meet up and interact more, ask questions, share information and insights and encouragement. I've been having such a great time watching women have come in and, and asked questions of the group about uh, things dealing with career changes. Somebody asked a question about smartwatches and things like that. But people ask different kinds of questions. And just before I can even get in there to throw in my two cents, I'm loving how the community is just coming in and offering suggestions. And so we're getting feedback from women from all walks of life and all parts of the world to help us get better at making a life that matters. I love that. It's just really so much fun to be a part of that. And I'm I'm loving seeing what the community that's developing there. And I'd love to have you be part of it. So if you go to theproductivewoman.com slash group, that will take you to that page and you can just click the join button and I will bring you in. This is a, like I said, is a private group. People can see that the group is there, but they can't see what we're posting. So come and join us. If you like this episode, if you like the podcast, uh, help me spread the word about it. Tell your friends and show them how to find it and how to subscribe. If this episode or any other is particularly meaningful to you, feel free to share it on your own social media channels. Every episode, if you go to the show notes, which are there on the website, and you just go to theproductivewoman.com slash and whatever the episode number is. So for this one, it's 109. You find the show notes and there are buttons you can click there to share a blurb about this episode on your Facebook page, on Pinterest, on Twitter, Google Plus, I'm trying to think what else, uh, LinkedIn, there are various ways that you can share it and get the word out about the things that we're talking about. And if you haven't done so, I would love it if you'd consider taking a minute to leave a quick review, just a few sentences is fine, in iTunes or on Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast, that helps get the word out for other people to help find it. For those of you who are moms with kids at home, don't forget to check out that mom conference. You can learn more by going to theproductivewoman.com slash mom conference. And I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you found it helpful. I hope there was something in there that you can put into practice to make your own life better. Uh, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.